It's been a um, pretty good week of teaching kids science like we do Excellent. every day. I've been teaching kids about making mixtures. Mixtures today? Recently. Good yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Excellent. A lot of interesting questions actually about Fantastic. those. Fantastic. Uh, what about you? Um, I, I've been doing lots of different things. I feel like I've been just really across all the different programs lately. I've been doing chemistry. I've been doing robotics. Mm -hmm. I've been doing... The chemistry of robotics? Space. Oh, Not yeah. the chemistry of robotics. I've been doing space. You wear many Bit of everything. I wear many hats. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Cool. To cover up that I haven't had time to wash my hair usually. Oh, you look great. <laughs> Stop it. Thanks. Stop it. Uh, well, it's another, it's another episode of Physics Twist. Should we just jump right in? Let's just jump Let's right just in. Let's just jump right in. Uh, first up, well, it's you, isn't it? It is. Yeah. This one's a bit of a contentious one. Why is that? It's a bit of a, a bit of a, hmm. A bit of, bit of. A bit how you going? This one's uh, this one's an interesting branch of science, and and a branch of science that a lot of people kind of forget is very scientific is actually psychology. Well, I am a psychologist. Oh yeah. By I training. Forgot about that. Yeah. Oh no, now I feel nervous. No, no, no. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this is a bit about psychology, mm -hmm. and it's also a little bit about the brain and a little bit about how everything works. And this is there's some new studies that have um, well, it's not really a big surprise. But what it is, it's telling us how bad it is for people to have their phones or tablets or whatnot in the classroom. Mm. Okay. Very so good. we kind of, I know that we need to use, we might need to use our devices for certain things, parts of what we're doing in our learning. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is we are basically hardwired to check these things constantly. Yes. Um, so the issues being is more and more as we have more and more of these devices is people are really starting to change the way they learn. So kids kids no longer have the same kind of hand-eye skills because they're, they're doing things like uh, playing apps instead of cutting and pasting or building things with their hands. Yep. Um, and this is something we know. We've we we teach a lot recently. of these things and we yep. know that kids, you know, it's hard stuff if you're not used to doing it. So totally. it is important to remember to keep doing those hand stuff as well as just using apps because you need to have lots of different skills. Yeah. Um, but what's been found in a study that was done at uh, Rutgers University in New Jersey mm -hmm. um, is actually that when they studied the way students learn in a classroom, yeah. If they have a device available to them or if they don't have a device available to them. Okay, so there's two groups. There's two groups. Study. Yep. And they didn't want to just eliminate what the groups were because they wanted to do really fair tests. So what they've done is they've allowed the two groups to learn information mm -hmm. on the same day. Yep. And they've alternated the days that the groups are allowed to have devices. So some days they have laptops and phones with them and some days they don't. Okay. And they're alternating some days one group will have it, the other one won't, yep. and some days and vice versa. Yep. And then what they're doing is they're testing how much of that information they're retaining. Okay. So how well are they learning this? And so what they've basically done by allowing one group to have them and one group not is they've got a control group for every time they've done it. Yep. And they test them overall. Perfect. Okay. It seems robust. Yeah. So what they've done is they've actually found the issue is, is there's a huge decline in what people will remember. Yeah. And this isn't just people that had their device with them. It's even on the days when people were allowed to have devices, even if I didn't bring my device with me, just purely by having the person next to me having a phone available to them, I was less likely to learn something. The person so, next to you. Exactly. Wow. So just the option of potentially looking at a device means our brains basically switch off from learning 
That's bizarre. And so what is, and the reason it does this is our brains aren't designed to multitask, okay? So not at all, yeah. I know a lot of in, a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm great at multitasking, I do this and this and this. No, you're not. So what actually happens is a lot of the time your brain switches off. You can't have a conversation with someone mm-hmm. and read something. Or yep. you can't have a com- you can't watch TV and have a conversation with someone. This one, this one, me and my husband fight about a lot. Mm-hmm. You can't watch TV and have a conversation at the same time. That's you trying uh, to watch TV and he just won't shut up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you've ever met him, he doesn't say much. And I obviously, uh, yeah, never shut up. So um, the reality is your brain is not designed to do these things. And we also teach road safety here at Physics. And we've done tests which show that you cannot function Mm -hmm. as well, even with someone just talking to you. Totally. Uh, as you do when you're concentrating fully on what yeah. on the task at hand, and that's a, especially important in driving. There's a way that our listeners could test this: mm-hmm. is listen to this podcast and try to have a conversation with someone else at the at same, same time. time. It is impossible. Yeah. I used to listen to uh, like lots of podcasts, and I'd be trying to trying to write reports and that yeah. sort of thing at work. And you just cannot process no. two different speech things at the no. same time. It yeah. does not work. So your brain has room for the single thing, and what happens when we try to multitask is you inevitably your brain takes a little bit of time to kind of set up, okay, this is what I'm learning about mm-hmm. right now. And then if you switch to something else suddenly, then it's kind of got to shut down and you've got this time period where you're going to the yeah. other thing. You've got this delay. And if you're suddenly switching to something else and then back to something else and then something yeah. new and then and this is completely confusing for your brain Yep. and it becomes very difficult. I, I've also heard about, you know, people are actually focused on a task and then get interrupted. Yeah. It can take something like three or five minutes around oh, that sort of totally. amount of time for them to actually get back into their original yeah. task. And I, like, when I was writing my PhD thesis, I felt really bad because I was actually quite mean. People would come up to ask me something and I would literally just hold up my hand and just be like, no. And I've told people, I said, look, I'll get back to you as soon as I'm out of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's taking you a couple of hours to get into something difficult that you're thinking Absolutely. about. And if they stop you, you may never get that awesomeness thought back. Exactly. Yeah. It's so, a stream of consciousness, right? So what they found with these studies mm. is a huge decline in the ability of people to learn just purely by having their devices there. Now, I'm not talking about, say, us being in class and using a device as, as part of a learning aid. Yeah. I'm talking about your teachers giving you information, talking to you, showing yeah. you something, and you're on your device, yep. checking your email or, your, or whatever. Not if you're sitting there using an app that's designed to do something totally, like that. because there's definitely merit yeah, to absolutely. that. absolutely. Because, you know, we live in a world now where computers, tablets, phones are absolutely everywhere, and you should be educated in how to use them. Yeah, um, So being able to use those apps and everything is fine by itself. But then if you're just learning, say, chemistry, mm-hmm. you don't need a phone to do that. If you're using your phone, there's no way that you're collecting all of that knowledge as, as well as you would have exactly. if, if, if you didn't have that phone there. Exactly. Um, I was actually listening to the radio just the other day mm-hmm. um, from our friends at the ABC, friends mm-hmm. of the podcast, and teachers were phoning in and talking about their strategies for dealing with students that have uh, their phones yep. on them. And usually the rule is if you take your phone out in class, it gets taken back to the office and yep. you know confiscated for the day. What some students do is because there's kids that freak out about not having their phones with mm-hmm. them, they would take the phone off them and they'd put it in the phone jail. Yeah. And that would be at the front of the class on, on a desk. And so yeah. the students can see their phone. They know it's there. They just can't use it. Yeah. And so that, you know, solves both problems. They don't have that phone separation anxiety, mm-hmm. but they're also not being distracted yeah. by it, which I think is a yeah. really smart strategy. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was really interesting. And like, to be honest, it's about, I think it was a total of about a 13% decline in their in the so they went their scores went down by 13 in, in exams in their ability to learn a topic based on just if, if yeah. not they they had devices in there when they were learning them or not so I bet. 
that's pretty scary um, and a really good reminder for us to um, focus on concentrating on what we're doing and, and finish that. Now, I'm not talking about multitasking when you're talking about something like, for example, I'll put on a load of washing and mm -hmm. while that's washing, I can do something else totally because different. it's going to be doing its own thing, right? Yeah. I don't need to be concentrating. But when you're trying to concentrate on something, yeah. in fact, you get more done by focusing and finishing one task and then and starting the on next the next one. thing. Yeah. 100%. My dad has in his office a big sign that says, no multitasking. <laughs> nice. As a reminder I to like that. exactly that. Cool, interesting. I'm actually surprised the difference isn't more yeah. than 13%, yeah. but there you go. Um, for me, it just doesn't work. It's 100% reduction. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's only the difference in how they did an exam. So remember, they still had time to go back and study. This oh, is, you've got a few, yeah. it's not like they were tested, they were tested straight away afterwards. Yep. And there was a difference there too, but this is the overall kind of exam. Now, remember, you've still got more time to study, so it's showing that your long-term retention of that information is really kind of... And probably your understanding of that information is really affected by having a device there. Totally. But maybe if they weren't given time to go back and study, they would have even worse results. I think that's probably the case. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, shall we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Beautiful. <sighs> a lot of controversy. Ooh. A lot of controversy in certain, you know, spheres of the scientific community. Bit of a scandal. A little bit of a scandal. Bit this of a fight. This, means, this one's been going on for decades, Quill. Mm -hmm. You know what it is? I was trying to think of something funny, but I drew a blank. <laughs> I think that I used all funny. my good stuff earlier. Um, I'll tell you what it is. This scandal has been going on for a long time. And it all goes back to friend of the podcast, Neil deGrasse Tyson, because he um. is the one who said that Pluto shouldn't be a planet. Oh. Mm -hmm. There used to be. When I, when I was growing up, when mm -hmm. I was... Yeah. Um... Pluto used to be a planet, right? Yeah, they always say there's nine planets in the solar system and Pluto is the last one. And then the International Astro Astronomical Union mm -hmm. came along and said, no, it's not. No, too no, little. Too little. Yeah. And that was in about 2005 or six, I think. Mm -hmm. They said, no, it's not a planet. It doesn't fulfill the criteria. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's Basically, rules. There's rules you of what is a planet. You can't just be a planet, planet. willy-nilly. I'm not a planet. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people got, you know, really worked up about this. Yep. Here's the rules. A, mm -hmm. it has to be in orbit around the sun. Fair okay? enough. Okay. Yep. Pluto does that. Yep. Great. Okay. Um, it has to be big enough that its gravity forms it into a sphere or okay. something close to a sphere, yep. like a ball, right? So no kind of weird flat pancake planets. Exactly. If there's out. a flat pancake planet, it's not a planet. Okay. As far as I'm... And okay. that's, that's why moons that are... You know, think of a big oblong asteroid type mm. thing. They're not planets no. because they don't have enough gravity to form them into a sphere. Yep. So that, that's rule number two. Okay. Third rule is that it has to have cleared the neighborhood around its orbit. So the gravity yep. has to be enough such such that it's pulling things towards it, yep. right? So it's got rid of all the space junk and the dust and yep. stuff around it. Exactly. It's just a planet there on its own. Precisely. Yeah. And... You know, these people from the International Astronomical Union said Pluto doesn't do that, therefore oh. it's not a planet. Poor Pluto. Now, there's a new paper that's come out. Ooh. And it's just, you know, reigniting that fire yeah. of the debate. And it's going, you know what, International Astronomical Union, you can get stuffed. <gasps> because they're like, no, nah, it should be a planet. It should be a planet again. And the reason they say this is because they've done a study of lots and lots of different papers going mm. back probably even more decades, hundreds of years, in fact, yep. looking at how scientists actually classify planets. Okay. None of them are using that third rule, uh. right? So you can either say, 
Look, there's heaps of planets, yep. including things like moons, because yep. they are spheres. Yeah, but they don't spheres. orbit the sun. They, well, they do, Some in a way. Them. They orbit the sun and also another planet. Yeah. Um, or there's none, because most planets, quote-unquote planets, don't clear that oh. orbit anyway, right? So it's all it's so all very Pluto is confusing. not a planet, then no one's a planet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. So now everyone's just... A, just a bit confused. Is it? Isn't it? Mm. I don't know. But, you know, they've been saying that the that lots of scientists have been calling moons like Titan, which goes around Saturn, yep. and Europa, which goes around Jupiter. Mm. They've been calling those planets. Right. Weirdly enough. Just yep. because it's kind of a useful word okay. that we have. Um, so, there you go. Mm. Over a hundred recent examples of planetary scientists using the word planet in a way that goes against what the International right. Astronomical Union defines it as. Well, I just reckon, just let Pluto be a planet. Right. Poor little Pluto. I feel it's like, sorry for the little guy. Do you have siblings? I have siblings. Older, younger? One younger. Mm. Did you ever, like, your little sibling just wanted to hang out with you when you were younger? Yeah. Yeah, that's like, what Pluto oh, is. Right. Just wants to hang out with the other planets. Just exactly. let it be. Yeah. Yeah, just let it be a planet. Let it be. <laughs> let it be. <laughs> Let it be. Is this where we break out into song? Was that? Yeah. Part? Oh, sorry, I didn't. Sorry. We didn't put that in, I didn't in the script. That was, that was what was going <laughs> this wasn't on. in rehearsal. <laughs> I was actually getting excited. Mm. So there you go. It's um, it's a bit funny because you can't define it according to what's going on in its orbit because no. things in its orbit change all the time. Yeah. Right. There's no way that Pluto can control what's going on in its orbit. It's like if it's like. It's like you can't control what's going on in your suburb, right? No. You just live in a house in your suburb. Yeah. But if some if some wacky thing goes on across the other side, yeah. nothing to do with you. No. Right? But, uh, but that still doesn't mean my that you home, live my there. suburb, doesn't change it. Exactly. It just changes them. You can't just say, oh, Quill doesn't live here anymore. No. Just kick me out. Exactly. Now, yeah. just like Pluto's being kicked out of the solar system. Poor old Pluto. I know. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be right. He'll be right. There you go. Well, that's pretty interesting. Well, we, we'll wait and see what happens with the... Uh, the old Pluto. Yeah, adventure. let's get, you know what, let's get Neil deGrasse Tyson on the phone. Imagine if we could. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I've got Dr. Carl's business card, so we Do should you? call him one time and have a chat. I reckon Dr. Carl, Dr. Carl might be able to put us in touch. Maybe. It's a network. It's yeah. all about the Being network. networking. All right. Pressing flesh, as Actually, it was just because in Science Week, Dr. Carl was on stage right before me. Oh, yeah? At the, at the yeah, in town, and I was like, had a bit of a fangirl moment. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got on stage and the kid's like, are you okay? And I said, I'm just a bit speechless after meeting <laughs> Dr. Carl, you know? The Dr. Carl. All right. Well done. Okay. So, mm -hmm. I've got another thing for you to hear about. Is it about the environment? It is. <laughs> because. Good. Which environment? The only one that matters. All of them. <laughs> okay. It is, and this one's actually a really cool one. This one is a good one because it's not, often it's like, oh, we're trashing our environment, which is terrible. Mm. Um, this is one, it's a bit of a positive one. And this is that we have got a giant experiment to clean up the Pacific, Pacific Ocean about mm -hmm. to start. Okay. So this is just about to happen. It's fresh off, fresh off the block. Mm. And uh, we've got a... What's well, called the Ocean Cleanup, which is an organisation that was started by just a 24-year-old Dutch person uh, called Boyenslag. 
Well, he's 24 now. I think when he started, he was probably 19 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's, well, it's been going for five years. That's right. So he's only 19 when he started, which is fantastic. So even young people can do really great science. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got this great plan to clean up a lot of plastic out of the ocean. And how does he propose that we do this? So he's been building these amazing kind of contraptions that are, in essence... These, so what they did to start with, they did some modelling. Now, modelling basically means it's not like walking down the catwalk in your, in your plastics. Mm-hmm. Modelling is when you use computers and special kind of code and stuff like this yeah. to study what you think might happen. Okay, so we can use things that have happened in the past and we can use special mathematics to try and predict what's going to happen. So think this is what's going to happen and they'll actually use these really interesting um, kind of different kinds of maths and different kinds of artificial intelligence or Mm -hmm. code to predict what's going to happen. And they're going to look at the way this special device kind of thing can work. And they've done lots of modelling to show that it should work. So what they've basically got is they've got this big thing that's made of giant pipes, in essence, in this kind of of horseshoe-ish kind of shape. And it's got lanterns and it's got radar reflectors and it's got GPS and beacons and solar panels. And it's got all these things to stop it from running into things and to detect where it's actually going to be going. Is it a big net? It's kind of like a big Big net. It's kind of like a big pool noodle that's been bent into a horseshoe. Nice. And it's able to collect all this rubbish to help collect debris and all this stuff. And it's said to be able to hopefully pull about 50, so 50 tons, I think. Of rubbish out of the ocean per year. That's a lot of rubbish, which is a lot. It's going to pull a lot. So they think within five years it would be able to pull 50% of the rubbish from this place, which is this big collection of rubbish. There's a spot in the Pacific Ocean which is collecting all this rubbish, and it's because of the way the different um, tides and stuff flow. It all ends up kind of sticking together. And it's called the garbage patch. And we're hoping ah, that this can be. The Great pick up. Pacific Garbage yeah. Patch. So it's hoping to take 50% of this garbage patch in the next five years, which is pretty amazing. So the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is how do you describe it? It is a sort of massive collection of rubbish that's yeah. piled up and is floating yeah. around. Yeah. Have you ever noticed if you're like at the beach or at a lake or even a swimming pool, if there's lots of leaves or debris on there, it always ends up bunched up together. Yeah. It's the same thing, only in the ocean. Okay. And And it's it's mostly plastic. Yeah, it's massive. Um, Future Duncan, how big is the Great Pacific Garbage Patch? Uh, It's about 1.6 million square kilometres, almost as big as Queensland. Wow, that's massive. Really, really big. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad that's getting cleaned up. It's not fantastic. Um, But yeah, so that's a really interesting thing. So it was built over in San Francisco. um, And they're hoping to do a lot of really great things. So we're waiting to see what it's actually able to do. So their modelling has given some really um, impressive results. But models, you know, often they're really accurate, but sometimes models can't quite model yeah. exactly what's going to happen in the real is the world. Model, is the model to do with um, ocean currents and that sort of thing? Probably. They probably they probably take in a lot of different aspects. So yeah. they would probably take in the way that plastics move, yep. protesting the currents and waveforms and different weather patterns. And it probably takes all those different things um, together and run simulations and models of how these things might work. But yeah. again, it always remains to be seen what's actually happening once they actually get out in the water. But fingers crossed, it can clean up some of this junk. Now, yeah. unfortunately, not so great for little bits of junk. 
Oh, of so, course. Yeah, only can yeah. kind of collect the floating big bits of plastic. Yeah. And unfortunately, little microplastics and things that are broken down. And microbeads. And microbeads. They already not. sink a lot, so they kind of go underground, so under into the water. But, you know, every bit helps, so hopefully it can start to get rid of some of that bit, and that might start to slow down the little bits that are breaking off and then sinking. So, you know. Okay. Every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. But this is good to see that it's finally happening because I, I remember hearing about this several years ago mm. and being yeah. like, oh, there's this kid who's building this thing called the great, what's it called? The uh, ocean clean, just the ocean cleanup. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure how they got it funded, but he was like, yeah, I'm going to build this thing and it's finally getting done, which is really awesome. Awesome. Very awesome. All right, Duncan. What's up, Quill? I've got one more cool thing to tell you. Oh, yeah. It's fact of the week. Woo! And this Back is... to the week! Back to the week! Back to the week! Alright, hit me. Drum roll. Yep. It's not going to sound very good on <laughs> This one is another one mm -hmm. that has come from a question I had from a kid uh -huh. in a workshop. From a student? From a student. Very good. So we recently... I was doing our electrical circuits workshop, which is a lot of fun. That is a great workshop. It is a lot of fun. I like that one a lot. I'd like to get one of those kits for myself. Yes, yeah, um, I know where you can buy them. I do. Mm. Uh, so one of the kids actually asked me, what is that zap when you zap someone on the trampoline? Yes. Okay. And I said, that, it's electricity. It and is they electricity. said, no, it's not. What? It can't be electricity because I'm not plugged into anything. Oh, that's a good point. You aren't plugged into I'm anything. I'm not plugged into anything. So this is what I want to make my fact of the week. Okay. Is when you zap someone. Yes. On the trampoline. Yes. It is electricity. Uh, even though you're not plugged into anything. Even though you're not plugged well, into anything. Then quilt, no, that can't be right. It can. If it's real. And it is. Where does it come from? And this is a very mm. good question. And this is what I proceeded to tell the student. So we can get electricity. So electricity comes from when we've got an electron. So if you think about an atom, we've got a nucleus and it's got protons and neutrons and they're mm -hmm. in the nucleus and then we've got those electrons winging around the outside. <laughs> now those electrons can also move. Mm. And when they flow, that is a current electricity. So that's like yes. what flows through our wires and lights up our, our TVs and all our various devices. The basis of modern civilization, exactly. you could say. But those electrons don't have to necessarily be flowing. They can also just be building up in one place. Okay. And when they build up in one like place. Like a battery? Yeah. Okay. So, well, no, battery is kind of more a chemical change. Okay. Yeah, so that can actually generate current electricity. Yeah. So batteries usually generate current electricity. Yeah. Um, but what, we, is, what I want you to think of is imagine you're coating something in electrons. Okay? Right. So like battering a fish, only sure. the batter <laughs> is electrons. Cool. So your fish is now covered in electrons, but the thing about electrons is they don't like to be near other electrons. Right. Okay, so they're all negatively charged and... Light charges repel, so they push away from each other. Like magnets, when you put two magnets like exactly. the north and north against each other, and they go, nah, no, I don't way want to hang out with. Yeah. Okay, so when you zap your friend on the trampoline, what's happening is when you're jumping up and down that trampoline, you're building up, you're covering yourself in electrons. Mm -hmm. Those electrons don't want to be near each other, so your hair might start to stand on end as it yep. pushes away. Yeah. And when someone else jumps on the trampoline near you, if they are less coated in electrons, that electricity will jump off you um. and jump onto them because they're more positive, so it wants to go towards them instead of you. Gotcha. So this is what's known as static electricity. It's a build-up of electrons in one place. Oh, okay, because it's not moving. It's static. it's not moving. Gotcha. So it's static. And this is how lightning is static electricity. If you've ever rubbed a balloon on your head, static yeah. electricity. Or if you've ever seen a Van de Graaff generator, which is those silver ball kind of things where we get build-up electricity on them. 
that's the static electricity which we use in some of our in our some of our workshops. So in fact, when you do zap your friends with electricity, it is electricity. It's just that you're not plugged into the wall to get it. No, but you're basically like a sort of lightning. You're like a lightning rod. Yeah. Zap. You are. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It's a bit. It's a bit like a superhero, isn't it? It's kind of like a superhero. You're a lightning person. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's lightning person. Ooh. (laughs) Original name. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. What about Zappy? Zappy. I'll be zappy, and you can be lightning person. Okay. I like lightning person. It's good. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. So it is real life electricity. Yeah. Zapping you. Does it hurt static electricity? It hurts a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, have you ever been struck by lightning? No. I haven't, but I would imagine it would hurt. Probably hurt a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, obviously you get different amounts of static electricity. I think it's just been, I haven't, I haven't been on a trampoline in so long. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like... Not as young as I used to be. I feel like I'm going to bring something, build up some static and zap you. Oh, really? We might record it for the next podcast. Oh, no. We've already revealed the secret sound. <laughs> it makes a cool sort of snapping sound. It does make it? a like bit of a snapping whoosh. sound. That wasn't very close to the noise, but, you know. Bazinga? <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, that's all we have time for. It is all we have time on for. On this episode of Physics Twist, thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget, you can always check out... The Physics Ed Podcast, hosted by Ben Newsom. Our awesome boss. He's a nice guy. He is. And you can also rate us on iTunes if you enjoy what you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally five stars, but if not, that's cool too. Just let us know what you're thinking. Great. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.